bend on the hatches. <laughs> Surprisingly, this might actually be our darkest episode because... Another episode of the Brent, Bill, and Beer Podcast, a podcast for the folks out there who love Liverpool Football Club and beer. I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. For today's episode, Bill is running the show. I don't really know all the things that we're going to talk about, yeah. but he's got some beers and, yeah, he wants to discuss them. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like just learning about beers and like that's a big thing and trying as much as possible. So I figured it'd be fun to do some stuff from home, being Northeastern Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, something that I thought was interesting too, like to kind of go through this. Like I was looking at a bunch of, and trying to find groups of things that like the beers had in common. And this first one that I found I thought was cool was from a little town called Barberton, Ohio. Have you ever heard of that city? No, I don't recognize it. Not many people have. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is just just outside of Act. Okay. And it's just this really kind of small, rundown city that has one brewery in it. Used to have two, one moved to to Akron, but I'm still counting it in Barberton's purpose because it's still incredibly strongly linked to Barberton. But something that was interesting about Barberton, Ohio, was there was a man named Ohio Columbus Barber who owned a business called the Diamond Match Company, which was one of the largest like light fire matches factories in the entire United States. And it was in this city of Barberton. Uh, he actually was known as America's Match King. Oh. It's a little bit weird. Yeah, and I, I promise this has a point. Okay. Uh, and the uh, economy of Barberton, this just small rundown place, due to this new source of economic income, grew so quickly that it eventually got the nickname The Magic City, which is a weird nickname. Mm-hmm. But that brings me to this first brewery that we're okay. currently having a beer from, which we'll talk about the beer in a moment, but it's Magic City Brewing. I see. Yeah. Okay. So that that's where I was going to with this. And we'll so uh, just... Okay, so I'm I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by this gentleman's name. Mm-hmm. So it, Ohio the Columbus Columbus. Barber? Barber. Okay, so his last name's Barber. Right. So okay. Barberton. Oh, oh, the town's named after? Yeah. I believe so. I didn't see that oh, directly, okay. but I well, it makes sense. Okay, that makes sense cuz I I was thinking it was some some situation. I mean, not that the rest of his name isn't yeah. Just them playing on it, but mm-hmm. interesting. I yeah. I never knew that. I I hadn't either. I was just kind of making the connection for these, and I wanted to make sure I gave like that very very brief just history because that'll link into both of the two breweries we'll talk about, like just all that information. Yeah. But yeah, this place is called Magic City, which is obviously named for the nickname of Barberton, and uh, they are very much a metal bar, like. Emo, all that stuff. Uh Like they, uh, one of their uh, slogans is, was it MCBC is a cult? (laughs) Like it's, Uh it's kind of twisted. Their logo is a bunny Mm -hmm. and like a really dark looking rabbit, like to kind of emulate the idea of a magician. I got you. And their other logo is like go down the rabbit trail or something like that. Did you see why it's called Magic City or just not not the brewery? Why do they go by? They they just gave it that nickname because it had the big economic growth. So they were saying it was the magic city. That's a stretch. Yeah. In my in just one man's opinion, but that's a stretch. Literally, like if you look up Barberton, Ohio, like the Wikipedia has like nicknames 
Magic City. It's weird. Huh. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. The, this brewery is still smaller. Like this can that we're having is the first time I've managed to get a hold of any can of theirs that wasn't a crowler. Gotcha. Okay. So, but uh, do they just not can very often? Or? They did, but they were selling it on an app. Like what is Onzer or something like that? Oh, I have no idea. Where, like you had to like... Uh, Actually, they have a release at a certain time, and you have to get on there to essentially reserve your four-pack, bottle, whatever it is they're selling. And if you get on like five minutes late, typically you're not going to get it. Wow. Okay, so even though it's a, a brewery in Barberton, <laughs> Ohio, which I'm yeah. just learning now exists, they clearly have some level of popularity. Or they right. brew 20 cans at a time, yeah, and, and, and they, nobody yeah. yeah, they're all claimed. It's a, it's, I think it's also the fact that it was such a sporadic release. When it comes that, hey, Magic City has a release. Oh, let me get some. Everybody just wants it regardless. I see. But I was just there on Saturday, and they had these cans sitting in the cooler. So I was able to buy a four-pack, and it nice. was kind of weird. Yeah, and this beer is hardcore parkour. Right. It is from their single hop series. The hop in this is El Dorado. Not typically one that I, I drink too often. No. I and, mean, and, and it's the only one in this, right? right? Yeah, it's the only hop. That maybe I I mean that's definitely the reason why this tastes so I guess unique compared to most IPAs for me is right. I, I think a lot of times this just gets mixed in with mm-hmm. some of the others right exactly but I mean Magic City itself is known for mostly just their IPAs like including like hazies like this they'll have West Coast black IPAs sour IPAs but then they'll also have seltzers because <laughs> mm-hmm. apparently everyone's doing a seltzer e- everyone's got to have a seltzer now. Yeah, but, I mean they're they're cool. Like their storefront in Barberton used to just be this little tiny storefront, and I know that they were wanting to expand into the next storefront that wasn't occupied and essentially take down the wall and make a bigger space. But wow, the city didn't want to do that, so they left Barberton and went to Akron for a bigger location, which is still like less than fifteen minutes away from where the old location. Right. But well, that's that's very interesting. I've never even heard of them, so. Yeah, I mean, they're they're neat. It's really cool. Yeah. But they, uh, it's just always like, it feels like it's just kind of like a grunge place in the actual bar. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone has, like, their tattoos and piercings. Their kitchen is actually called the Cult Kitchen. How is the food there? It's okay. It wasn't okay. my favorite. Yeah. But, Fair um, enough. Well, it's, you know, it's one of those that, oh, I'm trying to... Yeah, there's a rule of thumb, right? Mm-hmm. That when you have a brew pub, that you either have to be good at brewing beer or good mm-hmm. at food mm-hmm. and it's very rare that has held up pretty consistently at least from my own experience of going to brew pubs the only time you know consistently the model that seems to always work mm-hmm. in my opinion is doing the food truck mm-hmm. brewery comp right because then each yeah. one's dedicated to their craft i think that to an extent or that you have a kitchen that you lease to some also yeah, yeah. so i mean uh-huh. like still an external thing right like that they essentially just pay rent for the kitchen and they have a store to sell it to right right so i think what's this next one yeah this Uh, next one i'll take a look at it while you uh finish your beer uh, yeah you didn't get a chance to actually drink it yeah i was talking a bit yeah let's see mountain high haze hazy ipa from ignite brewing company it's purple in can (laughs) color so let's see let your life be full of wonder in the mountain high haze those sweet moments of trying to touch the sun during the day and those memories around a campfire at night. Those are some good memories. The one thing that's clear in hazy clouds make everything look better. This hazy hot blend of citra, mosaic, mandarina, and El Dorado. Yeah, so we're getting double El Dorado now today. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I know Mandarina. I am also disappointed because this description that list did not use the Oxford comma. Huh. 
Um, and also, interesting thing. I, I, so I've never seen this printed on a can. Mm-hmm. This is like a weird sidebar. Yeah. Citra is trademark. It has the little TM. Mm-hmm. It's a trademark term. And then Mosaic and El Dorado have, it looks like copyright. Well, no, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's the one with the little R in it. Okay. But they're, those three are protected. Mandarin is not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I never realized that Citra was a trademark hop. I never knew that. But, That'd be something more fun to read about. Yeah, I might have to. Oh, wow. God, that was a hole. Oh, it's foaming. Oh, I got it. I saved it. Wow, that was good. This is, obviously, this is Ignite Brewing. It is still in Barberton. We also went to this place on Saturday. Uh, but Too bad there were no visuals there, because that was chaotic. Oh. I thought I totally <laughs> lost that. I thought I lost that beer. This is a very... Uh, this is a very foamy one. Yeah, my dad actually gave me this can. Yeah, gotcha. I think he had bought a four pack of it. But we'll get yeah. there eventually. I mean, if you could guess by the name Ignite, it's based on the match company. Oh, and do you see what's above the the word Ignite on it? Making beer make a difference. Or, no, like actually, like little like logo thing. Oh yeah, it's a hop. Or, well, well, it's, it's a, a match. match. That where the hop is the flame. Yes, yeah. it's kind of cool. That it's is a really. And actually, I'm wearing my Ignite shirt. That That's I true. <laughs> I had uh, an Ignite shirt from when they first opened, and I wore it to it was just kind of worn through, like holes starting to pop up in the armpit, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was time to get a new one. I have to drink through the foam. Oh, yeah, I'll do the same there. It says, guide you down a fruit forward trail of tropical citrus and stone fruit flavors, finished with a smooth malt backbone. That is softer than the shadow from the starlight. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what's the... I don't know if it's actually that carbonated, or maybe it just... I don't know. Depending on how long it sat around, yeah. then maybe it just got carbonated. I'm not sure. Like, I know that... I don't think it was that long ago that my dad got this. Like, less than a month ago. Yeah. Thing, well, normally... And actually, I guess the chemical engineer in me has to think about this. Of um, Really, the only reason it would pop out like that isn't mm-hmm. even age. It would just be... Like, if it got warmer. Right. That would. Yeah. That's really the only reason. That makes sense. But, I mean, Ignite itself, they're known for kind of more of a balanced like, offering of different styles of beers than some of the breweries we've become accustomed to. Yeah. Like, they had, I mean, they have, of course, have your IPAs, some stouts, some that are high-powered, some that are lagers, blondes, fruit beers, more seltzers. But the first time I was there, it was like a construction zone in a where warehouse the first couple times actually saturday was the first time i'd been there since they officially redone it with their giant patio and big garage doors well i'm going to just cheers it now yeah and then we can finish off the can maybe a little bit so what do you think (laughs) had to go through the phone yeah had to get the i legitimately yeah (laughs) had to had to get through the phone um i like it i like hardcore parkour Mm -hmm. more if i had to side by side anywho okay so is this also then in Barberton? Yeah, this okay. is this is still in Barberton okay. as well. Yeah. They did not move. Right. But it's these two breweries obviously are constantly linked to one another. Yes. And the kind of general consensus is that the uh, top end of Missing Mountain, or not Missing Mountain, of Magic City is generally better than the stuff from Ignite. However, Ignite has better consistency across it. So, like, Magic City will have deeper valleys. Mm-hmm. But so, this might be a dumb question. I don't, are these the, the only two that you have for Barberton? Yeah. Excellent. So, are there any other breweries in Barberton? No. Okay, well, that makes that makes my question really easy. Then. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, is this a theme that all breweries in Barberton have? <laughs> where, yeah. Um, okay, 
then we don't have to ask about matches being in... Uh, do you know if it's something with Barberton where, you know, for Wheeling, Wheeling is the nail city. Wheeling, the West nail Virginia. city? The nail city. Okay. Yeah, yeah with a yeah. hammer nail. And that was because it was the largest producer of nails in the world back in the day. <sighs> you're, not the, you're not the historian <laughs> on all things Barberton, but you are right now. <laughs> In this space, uh, <laughs> from my often. Google searching as of yes. about three hours yes. ago. So I was going to ask, like, what what scale of like match production are we talking about in Barberton? Well, I mean, I know that it was huge. The it's obviously the the match factory isn't. It? Yeah, but right. like I, I know that it was. I think it was the largest in the United States. Which is like so that that tells you, you know, like there's every uh, uh, noir mm-hmm. story, right? right? It seems like it's always that the the clue that they got the mm-hmm. the the criminal on is that they left one of the free match boxes mm-hmm. from insert casino or hotel or whatever here. Yeah. So it would make sense that you need a place like Barberton that's right. just dedicated to making as many matches as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, they could have been Diamond Match Company. I'm going to continue to ask you more questions about Barberton because <laughs> suddenly that's that is the highlight. Of this episode for me right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, is the town named after him? Or was it, like, his grand, you know, grandfather or great-grandmother or whatever discovered the town? Or, yeah, founded the town. I'm trying to see here if I history. Barberton was founded in 1891 by industrialist Ohio Columbus Barber. Basically, there was nothing there. He said, right. I need big open space. Right. Because he for... founded it in 1891. And in 1894, he moved the manufacturing operations of the Diamond Match. I see. Okay. Th- this makes sense. Yeah. So he just needed some space for um, and a place for workers to live. So he oh, basically wow. founded this town. <laughs> this is wild. He was soon producing 250 million matches a day. That's an obscene wow. amount of matches. Well, that's what I said. It's like. Every casino and hotel and everything right. had a matchbox with their Lego mm-hmm. Lego logo on it mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, so yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense that somebody had to make yeah. an ungodly amount of matches. Like, that is a crazy amount. So Yeah, and then there's the Barberton became known as the Magic City because of its rapid population growth during its formative industrial years. Times. Let's see. Which means that they made... Oh, no, I did. Um, yeah. That means that they made 90, 90 billion a year. Yeah, that yeah. that's right. Two hundred fifty million a day. Mm-hmm. So then you have a billion every two days, or wait, no, or every four days. Sorry, right. billion every four days. Wow. Yeah, ninety billion matches a year. Yeah. Out of Barberton, Ohio. Right. The things that you learn on the Brent Bill and Beer <laughs> podcast. People are probably like, "I listen to this for beer, not matches." <laughs> that's yeah. okay. Go check out the breweries. That- in near Barberton. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Bill of Brent Bill and Beer. He said that we were going to go and do Hop and Frog beers yet. And, and that's true. We are doing Hop and Frog beers next. Right. What he didn't tell me is <laughs> I literally just walk to the fridge and pull out. It is a four pack. It's like, huh, four Hop and Frog beers. And it's Boris, Doris, Taurus, and Chorus, which I'm like trying to prepare myself because I can, I already know that we're we started with Boris, which means we ought to, we have no choice now. It's not like we can jump to Chorus, right? Because really, the smart thing to do would have been to start there and work yeah. your way down. Yeah. Because I've done this with the Lustres. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned it on yeah. this podcast. Or started with the lowest one, and then when you do it that direction, the alcohol exponentially grows. Right. Uh-huh. So, in in your 
bloodstream is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and these are potent. Yeah. So we started with at the bottom, and this was Bill's idea. <sighs> so if he is slurring his words by the time we get to his third segment, this is his fault, and he brought it upon himself. Yeah. We don't necessarily have to finish all the games. We could just call John Club after. That's true. We could call John. Come drink some Hop and Frog. That's true. We could ask John to stop by. Okay, so they brought Hop and Frog. They're a friend friend of the podcast, (laughs) whether they know it or not. Uh, Uh, If you guys want to hear more about Hop and Frog, go back to, what was it, episode two or three? Two. They've gotten a yes. We actually had the Hop and Frog episode. Yes, it was was episode two. They've gotten shout-outs throughout as well. Mm -hmm. They are a phenomenal brewery. Um, as Brent said, we are doing Boris, Doris, Taurus, and Chorus. However, these are not the regular ones. Oh, okay. These are the Rocky Mountain aged ones, which they're aged in Colorado whiskey barrel. So, even more alcohol. Well, no, they're still the same ABV. Okay, just but, with a whiskey flavor. Right. And actually, the Doris variant of this in 2021 won the best beer in Ohio. Mm. Under whose authority? I think it was Reap Beer. Okay. Uh, but... Yeah, so Boris... Just, just after after our, our previous episode, when we were scrutinizing, judging, and everything at mm-hmm. World Beer Cup, and, and the methods, That's I, I felt like I had to, as part of yeah. my character, had to uh, <laughs> check. But you know what Boris stands for? I don't, actually. Bodacious Oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout. Interesting. Have you... Um, here's a good sidebar, speaking of that. Uh, have you heard of... This whole thing where there's a uh, a brewery in Kiev that obviously not operating mm-hmm. right now that went and as part of a fundraiser went and released one of their uh, recipes for different breweries to go and make and sell it, you know, and then raise money that can be sent to hmm. um, support Ukraine. I did not hear about this. I had I hadn't either. I did get to try one though. Was it you know, it's got the blue and yellow uh, flag of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very good. Mm-hmm. What was great was the uh, was the style of the beer. What was it? So the the style of the beer that they sent is called a Ukrainian anti-imperial stout. Oh, that's fun. Which I thought. So yeah, just when you mentioned Russian imperial mm-hmm. stout, I was I've been in this mindset mm-hmm. to continue this and yeah. popularize the uh, renaming of that yeah. that style to Ukrainian anti-imperial stout. I love um, it. I thought it was genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if it's super popular. Uh, just I, I don't know how, to be fair, I don't know how many breweries even know that there's this thing going on, but there was a brewery that uh, yeah released it, and mm-hmm. it, it has the style of Ukrainian mm-hmm. anti-imperial stout, so be on the lookout. Hmm. So That sounds fun. That's like the when the black is beautiful. Yes, yeah, exactly. Which they, uh, it was essentially like, here's the base recipe, feel free to alter it. Right. Which was yes. kind of cool. Yeah. And they also did that, there was one for COVID as well. Yes. Oh, shoot. What was it called? I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while. Um, but, okay, so then Boris, if it were to be changed, would become D, or, well, B-O-U-A-S. Douse. Yeah. Or no, Baus. Baus. Is that right? Yeah, it'd be Baus. <laughs> this, is a, this is Hop and Frog Baus beer. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry for derailing. <laughs> it's it's I mean, but the, like the Boris, the regular Boris is a Hop and Frogs, like flagship beer. Right, right. And the regular one has won many awards in different beer festivals. And it stuff. has, yeah. But so is is the regular Boris, is it aged in anything? 
Right. I was about to say that I, I remember you mentioning that yeah. that all their beers are they're not generally aged. Right. And then they re-release it barely. <laughs> um, okay. So then I assume. Well, then what's Doors is just double, double, then triple, and quadruple. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like this is the base one at nine point four percent alcohol. See, and I was that's the thing, right? I was saying with uh, Lustre Day where it grew exponentially. But that was with a session IPA was the very first one, whereas the first one in this series is 9% alcohol. Well, like, because what, Triple Lustra is the last one, right? Uh, yes. Let's see. Oh, don't tell me it. Um, I will say it is 10.5%. 11. Oh, you were close. I was going to say 11, but I was like, that just seemed, that just seemed too much. I mean, we go, today we're going 9-4, Doris is a 10-5, Taurus is a 13-8, and then Chorus is a 15-7. Bill, what are you doing to me? Uh, yeah. It's a work night. Uh, happens. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's why I was saying, like, yeah, we can call someone to... Well, I'm going to go half on this one more time. Yeah, I'm probably going to go late. Yeah, and then I'm going to message John Club and see if uh, if he's interested. <laughs> Let's see, John. Hey, buddy, you like big stats? I'm saying we have some beers. We we may need assistance <laughs> drinking if you want. <laughs> we might have bit off more than we could chew. <laughs> Yeah, for the reference, these cans aren't big. They're 8.45 fluid ounces, so it's not like they're pint cans. Don't try to make back. it sound like it's uh, any easier. I mean, it isn't, but... Well, we'll see We'll see what he says. I went and took another half pour of Doris, but... Well, how do you like Boris? Oh, I love it every... Yeah. I mean, like, I know it's a, it's a bit different, but that one I was a big fan of. Oh, wow. I'm doing the Doris right now. That's phenomenal. I'm working on getting there. I haven't been able to drink for a little while. I had my wisdom teeth out last, well, like a little over a week ago at this point, and obviously just kind of put up. So drinking some beers is a little fun right now. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you really set yourself up for failure. You're like a bit of a lightweight temporarily, and yeah. then you're drinking. This is how you're coming back to it. Uh, yeah. But I thought it worked cool because it's... Northeast Ohio. Hoppin' Frog is one of my favorite places. This is something I have multiple beers from them, and it's a set that should all be drank together. Sure. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. You, you have to do, it's kind of like the dark apparitions mm -hmm. that I have. Yeah. Right? Like, there's the number of times I thought about just drinking one. Yeah. Sure, but wow, like it's what are the chances that you have four different variants mm -hmm. of, of a beer? Like, I gotta drink it together. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd actually had the Boris, the Rock Mountain Boris, before mm -hmm. they had it on tap at the brewery. I don't remember it, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I did according to untapped. It hit you that hard. Uh, they're all a lot of their dark beers all kind of blend together after a while. That's true, they are pretty high octane. Yeah, and I mean, we, like, they're good, obviously, they're all good, but I think that's actually a theme of ours. When it comes to hop and frog, is we we always do it very poorly, right? Because right now we're mixing it in with a bunch of other beers that we're having, yeah. right? So we're and we're doing boars through chorus. The last time yeah. we did hop and frog, we did we drank all of those beers, and then we did another podcast episode right, right afterwards. We but, recorded two in a row, right? But we, it was the the it cheap was, beer. It episode. was the cheap beer, so technically hams goes down a lot easier, but. <laughs> What do you think about, uh, what if we did a uh, fast forward, right? Because it's the beauty of editing where I could like clap and then we suddenly are in the future after we've drank these beers. I think that's reasonable. So I think you don't a, have to rush. I think it's a great idea. You'll get to hear us get suddenly intoxicated. Yes. So ready? And...
All right, through the magic of editing, <laughs> we're back. We are back about fifteen to twenty minutes after after uh, we cut off there. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty buzzed. Yeah, I just finished the chorus. So I know that it's only going to get worse from this point. Yeah, and I mean, 15.7%. Mistakes were made, Bill. Yeah. Mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> we f***ed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> when I was, when I'm sitting at work earlier, and Bill sends me this text that I think is worth, which is worth putting, <laughs> like, reading, right? Um because I had no context for what this meant. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere at 3.49 p.m., he sends me, you're okay, you're okay with quite a few beers, right? <laughs> Which, to be fair, I didn't know if he meant we're drinking lots of beers or we're going to drink like a sour, a stout, an IPA, like quite a few different types mm-hmm. of beers. I, I just said, do you mean in consuming quite a few beers or quite a few different kinds of beers, LOL? He said, consuming, LOL. So, and I, and now I understand after, and the thing is, you know, Bill goes and he's got this whole wisdom teeth thing. Yeah. So I, I took the brunt of, I took Love the, you. I took the brunt of those, so I'm having him pour heavy on these the last these last two. So speaking of these last two, well, well but first, what did you think of the like of the vertical? True, a professional podcaster would not just like completely ignore the segment <laughs> that just happened. Uh, I mean, so I've never I have tried many of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely Boris, Doris, and Taurus. I don't know if I've ever had Chorus. I'd have to double check. And this Rocky Mountain variant is probably all new. Yes. Uh, yes, they are. Um, I I loved all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't... Anything that I... Uh, any of us... And maybe you agree with me. Uh, I wouldn't say that I disliked any of them. I loved all of them, personally. Uh, the Doris was my favorite. I thought that was the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I think it went Doris, Taurus, Boris, then Chorus. Yeah, you got the same order as I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those that, um, I guess it depends, right? Like sort of there's like phases when you're trying a beer mm-hmm. and chorus, like initially when you taste it, I thought was one of the best mm-hmm. ones out there. And then at the, vi- like after that though, you go, Oh, f- this, this has basically 16% alcohol. Right. Like it, it definitely kicks in there at the end. It's a lot. Like, yeah. It's a lot up front. You don't mm-hmm. get it, but definitely on the back end, mm-hmm. you get a lot of alcohol. You know, and actually, I think I'm going to change my order. I think I'm going to go Doris, Boris, Taurus, Quartz. So Boris and Taurus, I'm swapping. Okay, okay. Um, like, Taurus was good, but it was starting to push the, it might be too much. Mm-hmm. And Chorus, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Would I want to do that again anytime soon? Probably not. Yeah. But <laughs> mostly because it's 15.7% alcohol. Yeah. And we had just done a nine four, a ten five. Hey, a hey I got I got a Bourbon County in there. That's fifteen four. We could do right now. No, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I do not want. To. This is this is Bill's episode, so we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do what he wants to do. Okay, now that we finally did that, what what do you? Right. So we're we're finishing our series of essentially Northeast Ohio. Right, right. That's the theme um, of the episode. So this one is kind of I'll say Northeast Ohio plus because it originated in Pittsburgh. Right. But now all the brewing is done in Northeast Ohio. Right. Being Fatheads Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're kind of one of the grandfathers of craft beer. Yeah. From Pittsburgh in 1992 is when they started. Yeah. The first time that I ever ran into Fatheads was actually, I was uh, an undergrad in college. 
and my he wasn't my roommate at the time. He eventually became mm-hmm. my roommate, but he was moving back up from uh, the southeast. You know, I helped him moved in and whatnot, and he just paid me in beer. Yeah, as people should. You right. should always pay people in alcohol for uh, helping you move mm-hmm. and and pizza. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the beers that he gave me was the. Uh, uh, it's called, it's called, is it Brumbleberry or Bumbleberry, the blueberry? Bumbleberry, yeah. And, uh, he, he said, get a bunch of just, you know, fresh blueberries, mm-hmm. you know, put it, in. put it in the very bottom, crush them up mm-hmm. and then pour this beer in. So ever since then, I've been a big fat heads fan. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you mentioned that you're bringing some, I, w- I was yeah. pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I love fat heads. Like they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know why they're called fat heads? I actually don't know. It's because they serve giant sandwiches, so it's a fat head. Like, like it's like a big person like uh, eating their food. Huh? That it's checks out. I, I just, you know, the logo is just yeah. a very large person on the front, so I just assumed that that was where it came from. But sandwiches. Yeah, it's because they were. I mean, they they were one of the few places that beer and food together that work. And and in your professional opinion, well, they they make good food and good beer. The food's kind of too big for me. Like it's they're uh-huh. giant portions. Uh huh. And generally, if I go and I'm having beer, I'm not looking to fill up on. So there might be a follow follow up episode where I tried the food, right? <laughs> and and, and t- yeah, decide if if it works out or not. I mean, they have a bunch of locations now. They have two up in Cleveland, uh, one in Canton. They still have the Pittsburgh location, uh, and I think they opened a spot. Or I think they have a spot like in Seattle or something. That's bold. Yeah, it's weird, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading something about that. Don't quote me for sure. But. Sure. Yeah, I is it not blasphemous for a Pittsburgh Pittsburgh institution mm-hmm. to, to go, go to and then open up in Cleveland? I mean, they have they're mostly in Ohio. I mean, oh, they have three locations that, in Ohio. That'd be like if Permani Brothers said we're going to have a foothold in in Cleveland. That's I mean, our, they're in Youngstown. Like they're in Ohio now. They're Permani Brothers. Yeah, they're moving. They're expanding. I, I guess you know what? Maybe I'm misinterpreting it. You know, another way that you could look at it is that hey, we know we're awesome, mm-hmm. and we're going to convince the people of Northeast Ohio <laughs> that you like Pittsburgh things. Well, fun fact: what two Pittsburgh-based breweries, or I'll say alcohol facilities, are now in Cleveland? I mean, Fat Heads. Well, right? okay, so I guess other, three. other, than, yeah, yeah, other than ooh, and I know them. Uh, you, you would know at least one in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. See, do you want me to tell you the one you don't know, or that you might not know? Sure. Arsenal Cider. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. Um, we've established that you're the one who's very good at guessing <laughs> when it comes to beer things, and I'm, I'm not necessarily. The other they actually had on tap last time I was at Apothecary. Oh. Uh, and it was an Imperial Pilsner. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, do, do you have any other hints? Or... Um, they open a lot of franchises around. Uh, we didn't go to it, but there's one in Indiana, PA. Um, oh, you know what? I feel like you told me. I did tell you. you oh my god! Oh my! Uh, voodoo. Voodoo. It's voodoo. Yes, yeah, there is a voodoo in Cleveland. See, now I as well. I paid attention. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> voodoo was the brewery that opened up in Indiana, PA. Yeah, they bought a franchise there. But uh, yeah, so okay, I guess I'm going to move on to what we're drinking and what you just drank. Yes. So their flagship IPA is called Headhunter, which is. <laughs> done very well in beer festivals, including Silver at the World Beer Cup, uh, Silver and Bronze at the Great American Beer Fest, and the Grand Champion at the National IPH. It is a dry-hopped West Coast IPA with Simcoe, Centennial, Mosaic, Citra, 
and Shinnok hops, but okay, now I guess I should drink it. Bend on the hatches. <laughs> Surprisingly, this might actually be our darkest episode because we, although we did the hop and frog, which is episode two is probably mm-hmm. second place. We only did hop and frog, whereas this time we did hop and frog <laughs> with friends, uh, <laughs> with four other beers. Yeah, because I mean, what? Like, if the hardcore parkour was like six something, as was the uh, the ignite. <laughs> and I don't know what the other beer, but the other beer here is a is a variant of the headhunter, where the original headhunter is dry hop with the listed hops. This is wet hop with the same hops. So we're actually getting to taste the difference between. So 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 for the viewers, what is the difference between dry hop and wet hop? Essentially, fresh versus like prepared to be packaged. Mm-hmm. Because if it's dry hopped, it's typically like not necessarily dehydrated, but dehydrated. Uh-huh. So it can be packaged and stored, uh-huh. ready for selling. Whereas wet hop is like right after being harvested and not dried out. Hey, there you go. To be fair, I did not know. Really? No, I just rolled with. To be fair, I've never seen a beer that's actually labeled as wet hopped. Really? I've only ever oh. seen like. Oh, here's here's an IPA, and then these ones are dry hop. It makes sense. It's just fresh versus packaged. That makes sense. It, it's it's worth discerning, right? Because it's sometimes it's like ambiguous with with the or sometimes you can't like deduce the meaning. That one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you know, I think about like what does a dry wine mean? Yeah. I was looking because I think Sierra Nevada or someone has an IPA called Harvest. Yes, I think Sierra Is that Nevada. Sierra Harvest IPA, yeah. something like that. Have you had that one? I have. That is a uh, wet hop. Oh, yeah, it, I hadn't really thought about uh, what it meant. I did know that I liked dry hop. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like both are good. They just have slightly different flavor profiles. Okay, so now this is the this is the intoxicated chemical engineer trying to understand. Right, because dry hopped is the one that seems to be really popular. Right. And I would say produces a really intense flavor. And right. my assumption of why is because if you have a hop that's drier, then when you mix it in with a beer, mm-hmm. the beer is more likely to actually, you know, infuse mm-hmm. into the hop. Right. Right, in a similar way that like when we burn the inside of a barrel, mm-hmm. it's super dry and that causes the whiskey to really... Right, it wants to right. essentially moisture, like it, it wants to like fill in that dryness, so it, it yeah. gets in there. So I, that's my assumption, right? That's the idea yeah, of like I mean, why dry hopped is so intense is because the beer goes into the hop, right. interacts with it, and then leaves the hop. Right, yeah. I, I could agree with that. I don't think that's why it's yes. more popular. Oh I, no, no, I think it's a hundred percent more popular just because it's easier to get a hold of and probably cheaper. I am asking this question solely on a scientific basis, <laughs> and nothing to do with the like. Is it a good idea or a bad idea? No, just... I, I think I think both are fun. Mm-hmm. This was another beer that my dad gave me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, this might have inspired me now. Uh, you know, here's the wild thing is that um, so that in chemical engineering, mm-hmm. we call that uh, mass mass transport Yeah, is, is the area that that falls under. And it is the one area from my experience as a chemical engineering educator that our students struggle with the most mm-hmm. out of the, the there's three there's energy transport there's momentum and then there's uh, mass and that's the one they struggle with the most and it's the easiest one mm-hmm. and um i've always like strived to come up with example problems mm-hmm. to get students to understand sure. mass transport the best so dry hop versus mm-hmm. wet hopped mm-hmm. ipas i'm gonna try to come up with a you know because i'm a a model developer, yeah. I'll go and try to come up with a, an example problem. And it's just like, how much more 
hop flavor do you get mm-hmm. from a dry hop versus a wet hop? That's what I'm going to The students will either love or hate you. They're going to hate it. But I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll probably spend a ridiculous amount of time on it. Mm-hmm. And then I will report back on the podcast in probably <laughs> episode 36. <laughs> when I have time to do this it. This episode's what? Episode 9? This is episode 9. We're, so our next one's uh, our double digit. Yeah. We have some exciting ones coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to episode 11. Yes. Our, so our plan is the, the next episode is going to be um, very exciting. My friend Isaac Farmer in Madrid, Spain, went and uh, kindly sent back a four-pack of beers from Madrid, from a, a brewery, I believe, that he's become very good friends with the, the folks there. And we're going to go and talk with mm-hmm. Isaac as well as brewery themselves mm-hmm. and drink some beers from Madrid, which I think is very cool. And then uh, episode 11, yeah. I think if we pull it off, it will be at your wedding. Yeah. So yeah, we're planning on recording it the night before my wedding. And Would, actually, I mentioned that to Carmen, my fiance. Is she going to come on? Yeah, she wants to come on. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be, it'll be a wedding episode. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, uh, Bill, thanks for bringing these beers. Getting to uh, get a little bit of uh, flavor of Northeast Ohio. Yeah. It's definitely my my folks have been big fans of going up to breweries there. Obviously, you're there yeah. and you've tried a bunch of them, and I've never been disappointed. Yeah. By any beers that you've brought back from there. It's so. a great beer scene. Yeah, so until next time, I'm Brent. And I'm Bill. And we'll see you at the bar if you can make it. <laughs>